welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. And here he is, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Mr. Jerry Springer. As we are um, recording this, it is a Sunday afternoon, mm-hmm. a beautiful Sunday afternoon. I assume you're all coming from church, uh, <laughs> and uh, and uh, sinners, you can be over here. Uh, I thought this was church. Yeah. Ah. You come here, you get religion. Yeah, right. <laughs> Every time people see me, they um, oh my god, they, they get <laughs> religion. No, they say, "Oh my God, Jerry Springer." <laughs> So uh, this is a, but this is special, and um, Gene, you can kind of fill everyone in on what we're doing today and why we're particularly meeting on this day. It, it is special because Jerry and I come from a generation of the, what we call the folk scare of the 1960s, and thank God folk music has passed on to today, 2018, there are young groups, and you're about to hear from some, and that's not the only genre you're going to hear today on this podcast, but here's the deal. We participated with, and the lead group on this, was an organization called Music to Life. It's run by a Peter, Paul, and Mary icon, Paul Stuckey, Noel Paul Stuckey. His daughter, Liz Sunday, is the person that runs his national charity called Music to Life. They uh, came up with this idea and Jerry and I went to New York and met with them and their advisory board and we cooked up this scheme that's really wonderful. And if you want to give it a name, call it Songs Across America, to go into cities and find in those individual cities the activist performers, songwriters of all genres who are creating music that helps causes that's exactly in the spirit of Peter, Paul, and Mary of the 1960s. My God, they civil rights movement, the anti-war movement, things that happened in El Salvador, it go, and it still goes on. So in Cincinnati, we had a competition that uh, yielded 24 applicants. They submitted original, they submitted an entry that included their music and the cause they wanted to help. So it's not just, I want to do good. It's like, do good where and for whom. So we're down to the four winners. And you are about to hear in a few minutes those four winners. And we're going to play the song that they submitted, and we're going to have a chance to talk to them. and About, then, the, about their cause. About their cause. And, and also giving some a, a nice prize. And, them. and the winners are going to get, and, and I'm going to bring on Liz Sunday here. In fact, I'm, I'm going to let her talk about that uh, because um, Music to Life is the thing that is behind all this. In fact, let, let me do that. We have Liz Sunday here with us. Let's Welcome say hello to Liz. Microphones in front of me right now. I feel like I, feel like I should yeah, have a guitar as well. <laughs> uh, Liz, tell us, please, specifically about Music to Life and put the work you're doing here in Cincinnati in a context because this is not your first rodeo with this. No, it's not. Well, we're thrilled. Um, music to Life for me is kind of the family business. I could probably carry a tune. Um, but Dad and I agreed 
many years ago that one of um, one of the things we wanted to do as part of his legacy, frankly, in this world is to make sure that future generations of activist musicians had the opportunity, had the training, um, had the mentorship to keep making change in the world. And the world has changed. Um, there are many, many, as Dad sometimes says, there are many more uh, civil rights movements than it certainly felt like there were back in the 60s. There are many, many more, um, sadly, wars and challenges. It just feels like the world is a very, very troubled place. And so what Dad and I are doing is empowering artists in a, in a very different way, not to step off the stage and into activism is the way we talk about it. So the, you would be stunned by um, the capacity of these incredibly talented artists to also conceive of creative solutions to the issues that we all find so troubling. And, and um, so this is really about a movement to, to use music to kind of heal um, and, and re-energize the country. So we... I sh- shouldn't say we because I had no part in it, nor did Jerry. Turns out we knew some of these, because they're Cincinnatians, Northern, uh, greater Cincinnatians, we knew some of the applicants, it turns out. So six people, let me name them real fast. The person who is head of, I'll certainly name the organizations, Cincy Blues Society, CincyMusic.com, WIZF-FM, uh, who am I leaving out, Liz? Uh, um, uh, right. Inhaler Radio. Inhaler Radio. Which is um, an Ed, Ed Sawicki. What what Gene is describing right now is the incredible review panel, uh, the group of review panelists who came together in the city. I have to say, we're launching. You know, we're launching. This is going to be a series um, of activist artist searches that we do around the country. And to land in Cincinnati and to have the support that we have gotten here and to have the encouragement and the excitement um, has just been extraordinary. So what you're so you're describing the the review panel. That, Correct. Yeah. And tell right. uh, please, Liz, we have four winners and they're all here today. Mm-hmm. Actually, one is not, and I'll talk about that in a minute. They're road warriors. They performed last night mm-hmm. in Davenport, Iowa. <laughs> they are still driving to get, to get here, here for the <laughs> events of this day. It gets yeah. legit. Now they're they're probably going to miss a podcast, but we have the, the first cause is going to be to pay their bail. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> For speeding, they're in some, yeah. But we have an event at 5 o'clock today because our mission today is raise money to, to cover. In fact, let's touch on that. Tell what the artists, the four winning artists, will receive from Music Delight. Yeah, so um, I would that we could give them even more. But but we are so delighted to be able to offer three of the four finalists um, $1,000 cash awards um, and the equivalent amount in technical assistance. And they will tell you the organizations they're working with. I mean, these are really, this is applied music, right? So they're partnering with a group in Cincinnati and really making change happen in crea- all kinds of creative ways. And then we have a grand prize winner who will receive $5,000 and the equivalent in technical assistance to realize their musical vision. So it's very real. It's very real. Yeah. And that will, the, the grand winner, so the, those four groups with the, with the exception of the Tillers, but you're going to hear their music because we're going to play in a moment the entry, the submission that they gave us of music so you can hear their music. Uh, the grand winner will get announced at an event that's going to happen 5 o'clock today. Mm-hmm. at a private party where there are more people coming, where we are going to ask them to help raise the money to mm-hmm. cover this endeavor. We've already raised 7000 so mm-hmm. we're on our way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm anxious to say Jerry Springer stepped up for a $3,000 donation, which is wonderful. Thank you, Jerry. 
a private uh, a businessman in the city, and he's asked to be anonymous, and we'll respect that, also gave uh, a $3,000 award. And then two others uh, have given 500 each, so we're up to 1,000, but we have still a ways to go. There's a third event tonight, which is open to anybody. So if you're hearing this live on either Facebook Live or on our live stream, and you're in the greater Cincinnati area, come to Octave. It's this fabulous club that opened in the last year in uh, Covington, Kentucky, on Main Street. And at 9 o'clock, we're having what we're calling the after party. And, and by the way, Paul Stuckey is going to join us before this podcast is over, and we're going to hear some original songs from him that he's done. And he's and, been practicing. Yeah. <laughs> Since 1950-what, Liz? When did he start? <laughs> Just uh, for this moment. It's, it's yeah, all yeah. culminating oh, It's here. all about this moment, yeah. <laughs> to sing Blowing in the Wind with, with Jerry, Jerry Springer. Springer. <laughs> Can you believe that? It's yeah. really a lifetime Which goal. is uh, yeah. why he's very late and may not be <laughs> May <here>. not. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out couldn't make it. And Megan, for Paul Stuckey, this is where it all ends. I tell you, you know, what. I mean, it was, like we said, it was a nice run. Right. Way to right. go, Paul. Um, so... Uh, with no further ado, I'm going to ask uh, David Proust if you would play, David, the entry song of the Tillers, and then we're going to talk about them for a few minutes One, after that. One, two, three, four. Reckless greed, vanish in the green. Can't drink the water from these streams. Push too far. city streets till you can hardly breathe I'll take a stroll in the woods Won't be long and they've forsaken all the land Where tall trees once stood And I'll pay the family farm Tell you that it's for the best I'll say it best for you But tell me what about the rest Then they'll build a subdivision Where the gardens used to grow And take all of those precious things That you will never Fatal blow and they're 
pillars. Now, they're not here with us, uh, but I want to mention, and I'm an old English teacher, so I listen to those words. That, that's a wonderful song. Mm -hmm. you, you can catch the imagery, Dear Mother, Not What You Used To. Uh, the, the, these guys, their cause is Sailor Park Sustains, which is a nonprofit in Sailor Park, Ohio. And they're like urban farmers. Mm -hmm. So these are uh, four guys, Sean, Joe, Mikey, and I'm leaving out. There's one more member of the Tillers. Aaron. Who is it? Aaron? Aaron? Aaron. Got it. And that's the fourth. And they uh, travel around. They're one of the biggest regional folk slash Americana groups uh, in this area. And they're getting known around the country. So that's who they chose to offer their work to. I want to ask uh, Liz, mention this other award or... I will. Can I just add a, yes, just a little can. bit to the Tillers? Because I think what what we're trying to do with Music to Life is, on the one hand, identify these artists, recognize their music, also encourage a deeper engagement through their music with the cause. And so this is not, you know, when, when you talk about this, it's not necessarily just getting up on a stage and singing about this, but we're going to actually be brainstorming with them about, yeah, as you travel around, gosh, how could you connect with other communities and maybe even offer what you've been doing as a model to the other community? How could you go into maybe some schools? How could you maybe engage some youth because they're all into, you know, music or, you know, music making? And so it's pushing these artists to kind of take their concept and their music that is already incredibly moving and and move it into the community in a very real, applied, intentional way. So I like that, what you so said, that, off the stage and into activism. Exactly. That's really, it really, really cool. I mean, that's really, so I just wanted to make that, yeah. that extra point. And mention yes, one other word, the reimagine. <laughs> yes. So here's what happened. So it, first of all, it was an incredibly challenging decision, I think, for the, for the review panelists. But um, in the process, um, we actually uh, found uh, an... Uh, I'm not sure whether to call him an artist or a, a creative director, or he's probably all these things and a, and a manager, but um, Queen City Opera is doing incredible work. Now, they're not creating original music, which is, which is part of the intent of this particular um, competition, but what they are doing is they're taking existing pieces of opera and partnering with nonprofit organizations in the area to you know, kind of enhance those operas with social significance. So I really, I'm, Isaac's going to do a much better job describing it. Um, can he, can I bring him up and have him mention that or talk a little bit about that? Or should I just... We're, we're, we're real tight on tight? time, but where bring him up and let's it, just say hello to him. He's well, just, in, can you just quickly come up for a second? Yeah. Come okay. on over real fast. So, yeah. So we want to make sure we do a quick introduction. Yes. Go yeah. ahead. So that was a, a really good description of what we do. We take classical operas and combine them with a relevant social cause. So we recently did a production of Mozart's Don Giovanni from the 18th century, which is about a rich, powerful guy who thinks he can do whatever he wants with women. And at the end of the opera, he finally gets a punishment. So we partnered with the education department of Planned Parenthood who did a series of workshops on what is consent and what is sexual assault to kind of show how this opera is sadly still relevant today. And we do that kind of thing with each of our productions. So coming up next, we have Tchaikovsky's Iolanta, which is about a, a blind princess. 
And when you have the kind of state in the country where you can openly mock people with disabilities and still be elected president, we thought this is the kind of work that needs to be done and needs to be presented in a context that says it's okay for people to have different abilities. So we're presenting that in partnership with Cincinnati Association for the Blind and Visually Impaired. Sounds good. Yeah. Good work. Good work. Thank you. I want to ask uh, Regis Jones to come forward. Uh, K-drama. This is Regis Jones. He is a rapper and in the Cincinnati area and is uh, well known for that work. Uh, Like all of these artists you're hearing, if I had known about him before, I know about him now. And I'm excited about all four, including uh, Regis Jones. And uh, I'm going to ask David if you would play at least we'll do parts of each of the submissions because we're paying attention to time here. We have another event after this, and we're not going to, you know, blow past things, but we're, we're conscious of the time. <laughs> David, if you would play um, the submission song from K-Drama. a little bit about your that song mm-hmm. and the cause that that you envision working with so the song um that you just heard is called shepherd and a lot of my songs have a lot of biblical imagery um it's uh i make songs based on my faith but in a way that someone who may not be a professing christian could still relate and be encouraged by 
oftentimes, um, especially in what I do, Christian rap is very underfunded and um, it takes a lot of work in order to make an impact. And so for me, I was talking in the song about how I want to do more than just work a nine to five. And I want to do more than just um, produce, you know, within the nine to five, um, make an income. I want to do work that has a lasting uh, impact on those around me and give a push to people who would have the desire to do things for the community, but just may need that extra push. And so, um, you know, there's a frustration when you want to do something and you're ready to do it but then you don't have the means to do it. And that's where that song was birthed from. And so the um, there's a couple different organizations that I desire to work with. Um, one I actually started myself is called Beat Lessons. And so I teach um, music production classes for free at the Cincinnati Library downtown. And um, I, I have iPads. I have eight iPads that I take and I teach um, adults. And, and it costs a lot of money to do that. And so um, that's one. Second one is called Ceasefire Cincinnati. And um, they're an anti-gun violence PSA campaign. I created some music for them in the past to encourage people to not use gun violence as a means for conflict resolution. So I would like to partner with them again. And then um, finally, the underground is someone who I partner with the most currently. Uh, they're out in Forest Park, Ohio. And um, I mentor youth. And if you know anything about mentoring teenagers, <laughs> takes a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> they need a lot so, of mentoring. Yeah, yeah they need, yeah. And so, and, and a lot of the teenagers that I deal with, um, um, the U.S. Census, I think back in 2012, one of three homes are fatherless and coming from a fatherless home, I know what that feels like. But instead of being a product of your environment, you can help create products of change. And that's what I want to do by mentoring youth um, at a higher capacity. Good that's you. awesome. Very Good work. Good. Regis Jones. And wonderful music. That was incredible. K-drama. Very, and by the way, cool. Jerry, did you have a mentor when you were a teenager? I wondered. <laughs> Elvis Presley. Elvis Presley was his, was his he claims He claims it was Elvis Presley. That, yeah. That's what he claims. Wow. No, I, I was lucky because I had my parents. But, yeah. uh, you know, you're dealing at home sometimes where you maybe whatever circumstance you don't have uh, there two are great kids, parents. There yeah. are kids who have yeah. parents and, and have mentors. And the men yeah. Boy, it's interesting because I work with uh, teenagers uh, through my education career, through my life, sometimes that, that other voice, mm -hmm. sometimes different from your parents, adding yeah. to what your parents have been saying, and you get confirmation, and the parents are like, praise the Holy Lord, I'm glad that man yeah. or woman showed up that helped me get this across. Drive the point home. It, uh, let me ask Casey Campbell and Crystal Peterson Woo! to yeah. come forward. Oh, man. So Casey and Crystal are, again, uh, local songwriters and performers. Casey does some work on his own, also works with an, uh, a group uh, called Buffalo Wobs and the Price Hill Hustle. Casey drove, I just talked about the Tillers trying to get here from Davenport, Iowa. Casey, you drove in much through the night from somewhere in Illinois, correct? We did. We were in uh, the Chicago area for three days and came in from uh, Bloomington. Illinois last night and got here about uh, 7 o'clock, 7.30, and then that's got why, home. So. That's why you look the way you do. He's no, <laughs> come on, Jerry. Wow, Thanks, Jerry. Wow. Yeah, um, I tell you what. Wow. Uh, <laughs> you know, you have to kind of think of these performers as road yeah. warriors. They really yeah. are. And uh, this is how it is. 
Yeah. This is how it goes. And then Crystal Peterson has this uh, crystal. She has Crystal Peterson and the Queen City Band, which yeah. is a wonderful band in this region we all know about. And Crystal and Casey teamed up and they submitted this song. And we'll talk on the other side about the cause that it relates to. Campbell, Crystal Peterson, and the Queen City Band. Now, uh, Crystal and Casey and you guys can divide up the explanation as you choose, but the cause that you want to work on is what? Explain that. The general concept is sort of uh, revisiting the civil rights um, era of the uh, late 50s and the 60s and incorporating that idea of how powerful the music was uh, in that time for the movement of civil rights and how uh, so many artists were really engaged in speaking in the music uh, of, of what was going on. And uh, this is a project that Crystal and her husband Daniel brought to me uh, several months ago. This has been a, about a year ago now. And uh, wanting to start writing new material, wanting to start uh, engaging that idea, revisiting some of the old civil rights uh, music, reimagining it um, for a contemporary time. and sort of taking a multimedia approach to this project and uh, doing some documentary work, doing some interviews uh, that we can get out on public channels uh, with local leaders, local activists, uh, people who were there in the 50s and 60s fighting for it, and people who are doing that exact same thing right now. Uh, that song that we submitted is a song Crystal wrote, and I'll let her talk more about that, but uh, I really felt like it was a, a wonderful representation of, the, of what we're trying to get across in this message here. Yeah, the, the song Better Way, it was written when the Ferguson shoot, shootings happened. And it was my response to all the anger I felt as a reaction to the violence. And I felt like it was important that I, as an individual, make a decision 
how am I going to respond to this? Am I just going to get angry and give the world my middle finger and just say, to hell with it all? Or am I going to respond and say, you know what? My human brain itself is limited to my own understanding, but there's more than just that. I mean, even science shows us that. There are things out there that we just do not understand, which opens up the possibilities uh, when it comes to us living together, participating in, in more honest dialogue with one another. And music, for me, provides that space, that space of non-judgment where we can come and share a vibrational reality that we might not even be able to explain, but that we need to be more aware of because that's where the new, the new birth of who we are really comes from. And I know you guys made contact with and, and could end up being uh, key in this is a place called the Freedom Center in Cincinnati, which is Smithsonian level yeah. underground railroad freedom center. So the Ohio River in the Cincinnati area is very significant in terms of the history of the Underground Railroad. So this work could be very important. Thank you, Crystal. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Thank you very much. Let me call forward our last group, a group as they are coming in. Uh, called Harpeth Rising. And uh, as they're coming forward, uh, I have fallen in love with their music uh, because in this process I've been uh, studying it, listening to it, not studying it, listening to it. And uh, we have Jordana. Jordana, I'm horrible with names. What's your last name again? Greenberg. Greenberg, okay. Jordana Greenberg Particular of Harpeth Rising. Particular reason you don't remember Greenberg? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, none. Even You're when, saying if it was O'Reilly, it was O'Reilly. Right I remember it. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Harpeth Rising. Is it not true that Harpeth is a river in Tennessee? That is true. Yes. Okay, and that that's where the name comes from for the group. Uh, we're going to hear her submission, and then we're going to talk about what motivated this, and it's pretty powerful. So this is Harpeth Rising. Looking back, you see a child who took the wrong turn every time that it was offered. We'll take a breath and look again, cause the fortune teller never stops redealing. And the flip of a wrist can send you spinning from creation. No, your careful planning is just the pleader's passing of a feeling. You say you used to be a little less afraid Back when you could see further down the line Don't you know that you were drinking from a desert spring When you go to show your brothers there'll be nothing left to find Weigh your options, my friend, for you have more than you know Though today has overcome you, the world keeps turning round Therein lies a promise and therein lies a threat And it is yours to decide which to follow down Remember when we both ran to the water And I could barely keep you in the distance I could never see what you were running towards For I am too fully bound unto this earth and the ideas you were chasing are not mine to understand But I can tell you clearly what the memories are worth Play your options, my friend, for you have more than you know Though today has overcome you, the world keeps turning round Therein lies a promise and therein lies a threat 
Harper's Rising. First of all, the sounds are beautiful, and the story is uh, not an easy one to tell. Uh, well, I, uh, I am what is uh, called a survivor of suicide. My brother uh, died by suicide 11 years ago. And... Uh, I think probably the, the primary sound that surrounds suicide for any family uh, is silence. And that's what I am wanting to get involved in help changing. Youth suicide in particular is an epidemic and one that has found us in Cincinnati, uh, particularly in my neighborhood of Price Hill. And uh, my goal, my idea, is to try to create a space, ideally within the public school system, for kids to express themselves in a way that is maybe not possible in, in other parts of their lives. Uh, because even though we all intuitively know that our future is dependent on children, our system isn't really built, built to support them. And uh, any child who doesn't fit perfectly into the predetermined mold of society is marginalized and isolated, ultimately. And so the idea is to create a space for expression and to express ideas through songwriting and poetry and uh, arrangements of music that will, will help to digest emotions that might otherwise not have found a good outlet. Very interesting. I did a whole career in the Cincinnati Public Schools, urban high schools, and I had three students over the course of the career commit suicide. I feel you. <laughs> Harpeth Rising. Uh, as I mentioned before, the grand winner will be announced at the next event. It will be known at the third event of the day at Octave, starting at 9 o'clock. If you're in our listening range of our hearing us, please come down to that in uh, Covington, Kentucky. I want to ask literally an icon of the 1960s and 70s and beyond folk era. I can't. Noel Paul Stuckey of <laughs> Peter Paul America. <laughs> this deserves a standing ovation. <laughs> I want to ask a question Coached by my daughter. You got it. <laughs> I, I have worked with Liz, your daughter, for the last, I don't know, seems like six months or so. I told her last night, Noel, that she is a one. I want to give her a round of applause. She's a wonderful person, a solid professional, 
who is doing great work for your organization. She represents you well. Mm -hmm. I'm sort of telling you, you know, you weren't here for all of this uh, planning that she's done. She's wonderful. <laughs> I, I want to ask Jerry a question that leads into the introduction of uh, Noel Paul Stuckey. Uh, Jerry, music, we witnessed it in the 60s, has yeah. had an impact on our culture and on our politics. Yeah. Don't you think? The, yes. And those of us who are sitting here, uh, you know, looking at Paul now, we realize we're looking, we're looking at history. I mean, you, <laughs> I did, every you really in wear the mirror, the, I'm looking at. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And man, you got to work on that. <laughs> no. Yeah, look. Fifty years ago, and I'm just going to say a few words and, and, and then introduce you to sing, but just maybe for younger listeners, for example, that didn't live through it. Um, Fifty years ago this week, it was March 12th of 1968, uh, this U.S. Senator, Gene McCarthy, not particularly well known at the time, got 42% of the vote in the New Hampshire Democratic primary. Well, 42%, you say, is that's not winning. No, he came in second. He was running against the Democratic president of the United States, LBJ, who just four years earlier had won the presidency with the largest landslide since George Washington, who ran unopposed. It was just an unbelievable victory, and then four years lo later, here comes this guy, Gene McCarthy, and almost knocks him out in the uh, Democratic primary. At that moment, it seemed as if the whole country suddenly was coming apart. Because now, all of a sudden, because of the burning in our cities, because of the war in Vietnam, which LBJ kept expanding, young people... The American people suddenly were rising up and said, this won't do. And the, the irony is that this decade had started out with such hope, with such belief that, oh my gosh, we could do it all. It's 1960, we had just elected a president who looked as young as we did. And there was nothing we couldn't accomplish. We would put a, moon, a man on the moon by the end of the decade. If we wanted to deal with, with race relations, we would have the civil rights movement. We would march with Martin Luther King to the front of the bus in Montgomery, Alabama. We would sit in at the lunch counters. We would walk the bridge in Selma. We would have the civil rights march. If we wanted to do something about poverty, why, we'd create the Peace Corps. We'd create a vista. In other words, whatever needed to be improved in the world, there was this sense of optimism and justice, and we could do it. And then on November 22nd of 1963, the bullets came from the Texas School Depository, which sent our president to eternity and the rest of us into a decade of oblivion. This country had suddenly started to totally come apart. What we have found in those five decades since, we can now look back and see that the beginning of it all, which was the early 60s, was the beginning of a movement 
the beginning of the cultural wars that we have experienced for the last five decades here in America. The good news about that cultural battle over the last five decades is that, as I often say, in the end, liberals always win. What I mean by that is every one of those decades is more liberal than the decade before it. So it started out, we would do something about civil rights, we would do something about women's rights, we would do something about gay rights, and now because of young people, even today, it's a pretty good guess that at some point we're going to be doing something about the whole gun issue. Young people inevitably lead this arc of history, which always moves to more justice, which always moves to more liberalism. There are bumps along the way. There are wars, there are riots, there are assassinations, there are serious bumps along the way. But never for a second believe that the movement towards justice and liberalism is unstoppable in large part because of young people. The man you're looking at now, every movement has to have a language. And the language of, that is understood by all, regardless of education, regardless of where you're from, regardless of who you are, the language that is understood that reaches the soul, that reaches how you feel, that reaches ultimately what you come to understand is the language of music. Perhaps, not perhaps, absolutely, there was no group, no individual people that more brought this movement at its birth into mainstream America, not a bunch of, quote, crazy hippies, those kids, why don't they get a haircut? Why don't they take a bath? None of that. Main Street America suddenly listened to what this man and his two compatriots put together. Those our age, we grew up with this. This is a substantive, real contribution to the positive movement of this country, and we are forever grateful. It is an honor to have you here, Paul Stuckey. Thank you, Jim. Now, don't, now don't blow it. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, you covered a lot of uh, history. Uh, you covered a lot of years, and there is a... There's an education for all of us. Many people in the room here now have uh, gray hair or no hair, uh, put on a few pounds, but, the, uh, but there is more than a physical evolution that has taken place. And as we look for reasons for believing, to borrow a line from Tim Harden's song, we look into our hearts and we try to find ways to broach our differences. And while I could sing for you if I had a hammer, if I could, I could sing for you, blown in the wind, arguably a timeless piece of reminding uh, of humankind's search for equity in the world, um, I think we need to be reminded of a higher politic 
And that's the one uh, that I want to share with you today. Most of you won't know this song, but you'll learn it by the time we're through. <laughs> it says, we live in the same house on different floors. And I got my window and you got yours. We each got a door that leads to the hall. But the rooms are so cozy and the door is so small. One flame, many candles, one sky, many stars, one sea. Many rivers, one love, and so many hearts. Now that's the chorus you're going to sing. One flame, see it to be one flame. Many candles, many candles. One sky, one sky, and then you sing many with me, many hearts. One sea, one sea, and then with me are many rivers, one love, one love, and then together. And so many hearts, one flame, many candles, one sky, many stars, one sea, one sea, many rivers, one love, one love, so many. Mostly we sit at our windows instead. Sometimes we wonder what's happening out there. Is there something I'm missing? Something I ought to see? Something bigger than life? Something bigger than me?
my favorite part in that song is actually right at the end when you're all looking at me and each other <laughs> wondering what you're supposed to do. It reminds me of uh, being downstairs at a coffee hour following a church service and standing next to the minister and saying, next, <clears throat> saying to him, you know what my favorite part of the service was? And him going, uh, no, what, what was it? I said, it was when you said, let's have a moment of silence. <laughs> <laughs> and why is that true? Because in, in our vulnerability, we are most open to each other. We are the most accessible. We are the most trusting. We have an opportunity. And music, whether classic or contemporary, whether edgy, challenging, or familiar, has that capacity to bring us together in ways that no other art form can. Uh, other art forms result in us mutually admiring something, but to participate in music, to support it, uh, is a lifelong investment in the future of the world. Yeah. Yep. And, and coffee's not a bad idea either. What, 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 what happened to my... my <laughs> you do a song called Impeachable. I do. Would you be willing to do that? <laughs> sure. I think this audience might enjoy that what, song. <laughs> what can that refer to? Well, yeah. <laughs> it's, I, I'm actually... Uh, I'm sort of... Anybody that knows the trio or the history of the trio knows that I was the one that always played the major seventh chords. Uh, and what's, what's a major seventh chord doing in a folk tune? I, uh, for those of you that don't know what a major seventh is, here's an A chord. Here's an A major seventh. It's, it's kind of always been my persuasion. So I, it came pretty naturally for me to think of this song uh, in the current crisis. That's what you are Impeachable And yet so far You've avoided closer scrutiny Open many doors, it only makes you more impeachable. And when someday we can say you're fired and you go. Make some moments teachable. Someday Pence may be impeachable too. 
just has not gone away, has it? That has not gone away. I hope it's prescient. The, yeah. the reason I have I hope, hope it becomes outdated soon. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I have hope for it is that although the inheritance of the Pence administration will not be much better ideologically, he still, I think, can be operated within the confines of legislation and democracy. I think he responds. He's not such a wild uh, yardbird. Yeah. I mean, what we have now is just not explainable to our children. It's yeah. just not. It's yes. just... Yes, I it's, agree. Hey, it's un-American. Uh, Paul, uh, Megan and I have been hearing Jerry Springer do blowing in the wind for decades. many years. Decades. It seems like decades. <laughs> Destroying it. Uh, Slaughtering it. Absolute slaughter. Seriously, would you grace us with that and let Jerry join with you? He, he says he likes the second it. verse. It's a career ender. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful what you agree to. Uh, I, was, I was looking forward to it tonight. No, no, no. All right, well, we're oh. going to see if we can press you into service. Oh, Are you willing to do it now? <clears throat> sure. Okay, great. Yep, yep. All right, Let's Jerry. Why am I nervous? You should be. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Paul had a, he had a good run, didn't event. he? <laughs> it was a nice career that Mr. Hey, Stuckey had. <laughs> Okay, let's do it in D. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know what can you do it. You get we one shot. We <laughs> Here we go. Peter, Paul, and Jerry. You watch this song. <laughs> That's kind of a euphonic ring. It does. <laughs> Just so tired of carrying you. <laughs> if you be a coyote, we're at your long furry tail. And <laughs> how many must a man walk down before they call him a man? How many seas does a white dove sail? How many seas does a white dove sail before she sleeps in the sand? And how many times must the cannonballs fly? Before they're forever banned The answer, my friend Is blowing in the wind The answer is blowing in the wind How many years must a mountain exist see the sky and how 
Thank you so much to our own Jerry Springer, to Noel Paul Stuckey. Thank you, thank you. And we'll see you next time. You've been listening you. to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, recorded live at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song, and to you for listening. Check out our website at jerryspringer.com.